Hi, I'm Mavinia. And I'm Millie. And this is Offbeat on Air. We are on a mission to break our bubble and go beyond L&D borders. We want to connect to the outer world and seek inspiration from different people. People trying to achieve similar goals as ours, but in other circumstances with different skills, tools, and mindsets. Offbeat on Air is here to inspire you. We will learn how scientists solve problems, how professional athletes think of performance, and how surgeons approach the learning process. In a nutshell, in each episode, we will connect to great minds in order to infuse new perspectives in our lives as learning professionals. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Offbeat On Air once again. We're in episode two of season two. And uh, together with us, we have today someone I can't even remember how I met, to be honest. A couple of years back, I think I was looking for content for Offbeat, which I do most days. And I stumbled upon this blog and this community called Gather. They were talking a lot about onboarding and leadership development and all sorts of things. And I think the quality of the content was what drew me to it. And then I think it it didn't take long to learn who was behind the product. And that's how I met Alex. And ever since I had to learn so much from, from him, both about you know, content and uh, about community management and how he now manages uh, and he leads the the people ops community at ChartHop and he also manages the newsletter that they send. And I completely recommend everyone to subscribe because, yeah, it's it's very high quality. So, yeah, that's what what brought us together. And then we learned that we have other things in common, like just going outside in our free time and uh, enjoying sports and everything else. So really glad to have you with us, Alex. How how was your day so far? Uh, thank you so much for having me. I'm uh, excited to, to be doing this. Love uh, everything offbeat. And um, yeah, excited to come in here and, and share my story. Um, day is just kicking off here. Um, in, I'm in Las Vegas wrapped up the transform conference which is a <laughs> great conference uh, a lot of great people ops folks here so um yeah to start just starting my day <laughs> nice yeah and definitely recommend the conference as well i've only heard good things about it so really nice to have you here and to be honest i would just like to start with your early days like how did you end up in marketing marketing if i'm correct right that that's your your background can you tell us a bit about yeah your your first years as a as a professional yeah absolutely um i think uh i've kind of always worked in the startup world a little bit and my entryway into marketing came from you know way back a, an internship i had at a startup where <laughs> um they were doing a, a lot of content marketing and kind of put me on the uh, blog post SEO world and got to discover a little bit about that space. Kind of really like some of the content challenges there. And that's kind of how I got into into marketing initially. Most of my roles have been sort of growth generalist roles. I've never had like a very specialty marketing role. Um, but uh, some of my first ones were still working in like the content marketing space. Um, I worked at a startup to build out a new market. And that was like an interesting like multi, like sales and marketing kind of like combined thing. But um, I think as I've kind of explored the space, I've I've really enjoyed, uh, you know, the space has changed a lot, um, even in like the past 10 years. And um, I think 
a lot of online content marketing used to be like, you know, how much content can we just push out like a bunch of, you know, short blog posts that are kind of keyword stuffed and you just kind of like play the algorithm a little bit. And then I think there's been this iteration of, you know, Google and, and other platforms starting to um, really prioritize better blog posts for people. And, mm-hmm. and there's kind of like the emerging thought leadership. And then mm-hmm. now I think the interesting thing, and, and we're going to talk a little bit more about it, is uh, the emergence of community. And this, like, I think what it is an offshoot of, of content marketing that feels even more authentic than some of the other stuff we were doing before. So I've just kind of, it's been fun to be kind of part of this, like, changing process. And I've had a lot of different roles, you know, and different angles into it. But uh, yeah, so that's a little bit about, uh, yeah, the beginning. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. And yeah, I I have to admit, like the first time I've heard of, of community and you linked together was at Gather. Can you tell us a bit about like, you found it Gather, right? Mm-hmm. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So uh, I was uh, co-founder of Gather. Um, the I guess we officially founded in 2019. Uh, we've been working on it as a side project since 2018. And I was one of three founders. I was the growth founder at, at Gather. And so like part of my job was getting our growth function off the ground. You know, I think I did a lot of those like more traditional content marketing things. I was writing some blog posts as we went. Uh, we were having a ton of conversations with people, people. So like that was feeding a lot of uh, what we were writing about. Um, but I think along the way we started to, and, and actually this came up fairly naturally. Like we were having, uh, we were writing these newsletters. Um, we, uh, that were kind of like a different twist on the, on content marketing and, you know, people were subscribing to the newsletter and then we were having these conversations a lot. Um, you know, some of them were sales conversations, some were just discovery conversations still with, people, people. And along the way, you know, we were like, oh, shoot, you're like, you're talking about a challenge that this person I talked mm-hmm. to three weeks ago had, like, let me introduce you. So there's like this, this natural like introduction phase. And it was also not just me in this process. We um, made a, a great hire early on uh, in Clara, um, who came on to be our kind of community lead and, and build a lot of what became our community. But so much of this stuff early on came naturally from like, okay, we're doing introductions. Like, there we, we can do this a little bit more scalably. And like, that's how we came up with, you know, we got a, a matching program set up. And that was like one of the little foundational pieces of our community. And like, I think, looked around at what some early other early stage startups are doing and, and kind of started to, you know, see this as a bigger community opportunity we had and, and do some content in a unique way that's a little bit different from some of what other HR tech companies were doing at the time. Right. And then last year in March of 2022, you got acquired by Charthop, right? Yes, that's correct. So we had uh, a fun little short journey with Gather, grew the team to six, raised a little bit of money. Uh, but three years in, uh, we did have the opportunity to be acquired. It wasn't something we were going for. We were actually <laughs> like raising a round of funding at the time and the opportunity came up and it was too good of a match with Charthop. And uh we ended up going that direction. So yeah, we were we were acquired. Nice. And and you kind of took the role of uh, community lead with you, right? To what you're doing right now at Charthoff. Can you tell us a bit about your role right now? Yeah, absolutely. So it was a it was a fun opportunity for me because ultimately the acquisition was more of a, a product um acquisition. And and so obviously like the rest of the team um at the time that was focused on product came on to the chart hop team and, and focused on building the product, gather product into the chart hop platform. But 
as the growth founder, that's like not really my zone. So I, they gave me space to, you know, do whatever I wanted to on the chart hop team and kind of uh, talk to them a little bit and realize there was an opportunity to basically build out a community function. And, you know, as a co-founder, this was my favorite part of my job was doing these like building community things, but I could do that with like 10 to 15% of my time. And so I was like, it went back to my roots in, in pure marketing and um, was like, okay, if I could craft this role, um, what would it look like? And they gave me the space to just go 100% in on community. And we brought over a lot of the things that we were doing at Gather, some of those assets, the, you know, people off the weekly newsletter, um, some of the community spaces that we built, brought those over to Chart Hop and then continued to build on top of those. So, um, yeah. Got nice. Well, you know, we hear a lot about community when it comes to learning and development. And um, I think most of us have this desire of building internal communities and some of us have failed <laughs> when trying to do so. So I think there's a lot we can we can explore because I'm so curious to hear about your lessons learned and what worked and what didn't. But because I want to do it in a very structured way, I would think about starting with, uh, you know, there's a um, life cycle of a community member. So I was thinking about starting with the onboarding. If you if you have some thoughts about that and uh, yeah, just how, how did you do it before and how are you doing it now? Yeah, absolutely. So, and let me just kind of frame this a little bit. So we, you know, had these different community assets. Uh, we were doing the matching programs. When I came on to chart hop, we actually like relaunched our community and, and made it a little bit of a bigger, more cohesive thing. We brought on, um, we're using a platform called circle. That's kind of like the base of our community now has like question and answer probably like a more mm -hmm. traditional platform. I think in the gather days, it was fairly disparate little pieces <laughs> of community that we had that we just like called our community. And so, yeah, so right now um, what we do is we bring people into the community. They have to apply to be in this space and and fill out some information of, of what they're trying to get out of it. Um, I think that was early on a, a really important thing um, was to make sure we had the right people in there and just starting starting small. So like when we relaunched uh, in the summer, we just brought, you know, people in and, and particularly in batches. So we had actually a whole lot of interest up front, um, more than I was expecting. I think in the first week we had like 600, 700 people apply to be in the community, which is awesome. Just from, I think some of the other stuff we were doing, people were excited about it. Mm -hmm. Community was absolutely not ready to have that many people in it, even if they were all the right people, um, mm -hmm. you know, because I, kind of took a, a product mindset and, and said, you know, we need to test out, like there's a whole lot of stuff to test out here and make sure it's a good space. And we don't want to just like dump everybody in. And so, you know, some of the things like onboarding design, like that was a very, uh, that's a thing that required a lot of tweaking to it. And we didn't want, mm -hmm. we wanted to like test out with a smaller group of people, those onboarding things and see like, what can we do to get people, um, you know, engaged. And I think one of the very, very early learnings in that process was that, you know, great we invite them into the community they're off the wait list and we really want them to do like five different things right like we want them to take we want them to go sign up for a matching like a cohort matching program with their other peers and then like look at other matching programs and maybe like introduce themselves and ask a question and like oh also they need to do these logistical things of like uh, upload their profile picture and stuff but we cannot get them to do all of those things like that's way too overwhelming and like likely when they're signing up they've got like a few minutes to do something 
So we really like one of the quick learnings was like, we're like, oh, like, let's try to get them to do three things and narrow that down to like, what is the one thing we can get them to do, which ultimately was like, sign up for the matching program, because that's mm -hmm. going to be like really automated. It's easy to do. And that's going to be something they're going to get value from right away. Instead of some of the more logistical things of like, go fill this thing out. Maybe they do that. And like, they don't have a value point in their first interaction in the communities. So like really thinking about like what the first thing is that they can like sign up for or, or like do that they start to see like the power of this space and want to come back to mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Sorry, Mimili, go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I love how that kind of um, you you get the, to learn from the one stage of community and then integrate it in a bigger strategy. And that would be my question, because you are now part of a bigger universe, let's say. How do you actually make it work as part of it so that it is not, you know, something that is living as a separate creature somewhere and very successfully, but yet, you know, how does the business talk to it? How do you talk to business? Just understand how does this synergy actually look like right now? Um, I think it's it's interesting. So like as as I kind of think about my role and it's been, it's my way of thinking about the role has evolved over the past year I've been I doing can imagine. It. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it's like it's fairly new to chart hop as well. Right. They weren't doing a lot of these things before. And, and they gave me a lot of trust and space to figure this out. But I'm kind of working with two different sets of stakeholders. Right. So I've got I'm trying to make a really great community space and ultimately community product for our people ops people. I'm also trying to return different uh, like ROIs for chart hop itself as a brand and ultimately our community is is mo mostly a brand play like we're not talking about chart hop the product it's not for customers we're building yeah. things for the generic you know people ops world with the idea conceptually that we're bringing in new audiences and for example like the, the people in the community get our newsletter every week and that newsletter has like a little ad for what we're doing at chart hop at the bottom so like Chart Hop is like the the one sponsor of our community space, but we're not necessarily talking about Chart Hop. Yeah. There, we just get exposure. So it's like this exposure level of like, okay, here's some people we found, you know, that came into us through LinkedIn or, or you know some other way that signed up for our spaces that are we're getting you know engagement from them, and they might not have known about Chart Hop initially, but like after engaging in the community, they get to know that. Then I've had to design things like. Um, some events that I call them bridge events that kind of bring the community brand together with the chart hop brand and like give other opportunities for like, you know, we did the two minute talks uh, event back in December, um, which was a lot of fun. Uh, Levinita came on for that. And we just had a lot of, you know, speakers come on and talk about different topics in people ops. But like one of them was our CEO came on to talk. Mm -hmm. And that's like a whole two minute session that we're, you know, getting a little bit more chart hop heavy and in, in like a you know, a way that's not like overwhelming, but, you know, bringing that a little bit deeper into it. So I'm kind of constantly thinking about like, this is a product and I'm designing for like two different sets of users. I have to always be aware of, of that, but it's a fun little challenge. Yeah, there's a whole lot of other ways. I mean, I think like the community is also like a pulse of like, we sell to people ops people and like gives us a really good pulse on like what yeah. people are feeling and talking about. Translating that back to the marketing team, too, is a pretty big value for our team is just like, I'm kind of on that front lines, I'm having more conversations with people, people on a weekly basis than like, anybody else on the marketing or the product team. And so like, I bring those insights back as a value too. So like, there's all these little different value pieces. I think the main thing is a brand extension, but I have to always be wary of those. And like, 
where mm -hmm. I'm spending my time, like I could build out a whole lot of different community, like community products. And I could, you know, maybe I could do another newsletter or something else, but I have to think about each one and prioritize based on like, is this something the community wants, but also is this something that like will provide an extra layer of value to chart hop. And I think that's one of the things that just being not an independent community, but tied to a brand, I have to always be aware of. Yeah. And in your case, it's, you know, the product, but in our case, you know, we talk to business stakeholders. So we find mm -hmm. ourselves as well, like you want to grow something that is like very people focused, but then you have, okay, how is this coming back to me? So this loop is exactly. very nice that you expose and, and, and bridge it. I like how you said it. Um, yeah, that's a very nice challenge. Uh, I must say finding the right way to connect these dots. Uh, beautiful. Um, and maybe one question that I have also in my mind, you mentioned very early in conversation, this authenticity. And I see that in the way you build it, you know, there's a lot on, you know, making sure that the relationship is established and, you know, go little by little. But what would you also say? How do you nurture that authenticity that is so much needed for building a successful community? Yeah, I think, you know, when it comes to, like, for example, like the content elements of things, I think, for me, like, the the big thing is always just like having a really, like having a lot of conversations with people in the community on a regular basis. So like, building feedback loops, I mean, I think a lot of our content from our newsletter comes from just conversations I have, I like never want to position myself as like, an expert who's just like putting my opinions out there. It's like, truly just having conversations with community members to drive you know, the content we're doing, also having conversations with community members to drive the direction of the community to know what they want, what's working, what's mm. not. And so I think like, uh, when I and this is ebbed and flowed too, right? Like, as I transitioned from gather to chart hop, I had to rethink about like, how I was going to make sure I was having enough conversations. But like, everything we do is driven by like, me just jumping on video calls with community members and being like, hey, like, how are you engaging with this piece of content? Like, is this working? Like, is, is this element of like the newsletter working for you? Or like, how have your matching match programs gone? Like, have you been finding the right people? Has everybody been relevant to you? Or are you starting to get like some more conversations with non-relevant people? And like, just kind of like, always having that pulse on our, our user has been big, just like in everything that we do and, and design for them. And me just not yeah. making assumptions on my own and saying like, <laughs> I want to build out this thing, or I want to do this. Let me just do it uh, and instead having just that drive our whole you know everything that we do yeah this is so important because we often get excited about what we are personally excited about or we mm -hmm. see it's a trend but that doesn't really necessarily reflect the needs of, of the people around you no I love that really really cool yeah and I wanted to go back a bit to something I, I kept hearing you say which is uh, I referred to it as doing things that don't scale at first, because mm -hmm. we tend to, uh, in L&D, we tend to jump at it with everything that we have. And that, I, I can admit that comes from a pressure of, uh, you know, having stakeholders looking at our, uh, you know, at our back and, okay, what what are you doing and so on. But it doesn't mean it's a, it's a good way of doing things. And what I'm hearing you say it's a lot of, okay, we didn't let everyone in right from the start. We we're having, and we're, you're still having lots of conversations with people to make sure that the direction of the community reflects what they they need. 
And okay, after that, maybe we looked at scale for for different things. Would you say that would be an approach that made your community successful? Or yeah, is it part of your toolkit? This episode is brought to you by Sun. Sana is an AI-powered learning platform. I tried it recently and haven't seen anything quite like it. The learning experience is super intuitive and engaging. You can host interactive live sessions with large groups, and the AI assistant will even create an entire course for you from scratch, which is kind of wild. If you want to learn more about it, access sanalabs.com offbeat. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'd, I'd say like both I can cite like that has been, I think, especially in the early days, like um, I think what got our community off the ground is like moving really slowly and and like, you know, taking things one step at a time and like, you know, letting something get really good before we and like iterating on that before we jump to the next thing. I It's also a thing that we made a mistake on. So like it was a lot easier to do that at, you know, gather where it was just kind of like oh we're just doing this as, as an extension of what we do we only have so much time for it it's interesting when i jumped on um i think a very similar to that story of building for internal stakeholders when i jumped on it at, at tart hop and all of a sudden community was like my full-time role and i felt a lot of pressure to fully relaunch this community and be doing a whole lot more stuff than what we were doing before a lot of that stuff was untested and like we talked about how you know a lot of people signed up for it and we let only a small batch in I, and that was great. And that was the right decision. But we still over designed I th- or over, you know, built really up front when we jumped mm-hmm. on it at, uh, at chart hop, because um, I just felt that pressure to like have this nice package thing and be doing a whole lot more than what we had. A lot of that stuff was untested. And a mm-hmm. lot of that stuff did not work out of the gate, right? So like, <laughs> I had to roll back a couple things we were doing. I was, you know, I was expecting to like, let you know a few hundred people in and then like not have a wait list after a few months and be like good to go and i was not because like i i had gone against like some of the very things that i think had made us <laughs> successful early and just tried to build too many things that i had not like you know thoughtfully designed i mm-hmm. hadn't get, gotten the full feedback on yet i hadn't seen how this would work when we actually put people into it and so that was a good moment of recognition of like oh shoot yeah these other stakeholders and the pressure for me to like you know, prove myself at, at this new company and like showcase this big thing that we were doing really got in the way of us actually doing a good job and probably slowed us down a little bit. If I had mm-hmm. continued to take the, the same approach, I think, mm-hmm. you know, we might be a little bit even further along now than, than uh, not that like we've grown a lot and learned a lot from that process in the past like eight months or so. But uh, yeah, it was good learning. Yeah. And it was so nice that you had a lot of trust, you know, to go for it. I, I love that, you know, that that that's helpful in this kind of uh, unknown territories. Um, mm-hmm. Can I ask, I wouldn't be me if I wouldn't ask this question, um, at least in, like in my head, but like in terms of data that you like to look at um, and kind of bring back to the stakeholders, mm-hmm. what are some areas that, you know, tell you, hey, this is my value that I bring and this is what, what you monitor actually at the end of the day that is relevant in this setup right now uh, with your community. Yeah, so I think there's data on both sides. One is like engagement data. So the, the two things we look at is like monthly engaged users in the community. That's easy from, well, in the platform in Circle, we like track that's got a monthly engagement. That's kind of pretty easy to see. And then we also Separately, we're using a, a software called Meetsy for our matching, and so we can see how many matches there are. Um, those are kind of like the high-level engagements. And then also with the People Apps Weekly 
newsletter, we have the open rate and that's like kind of, you know, we want to make sure that's not sliding over time. And so that's one that we look at a lot. So that's kind of like level of like, are, is the community product working generally? The one, the data we look at for the business is a little bit trickier. Ultimately, we're looking at community influence on our marketing and sales pipeline. So like being able to attribute like, okay, you know, this person came into our sales pipeline and like they've been, in, they knew us through the community and, you know, it's not a direct attribution thing. And we're still setting up, up a lot of parts of that. There's a lot of tricky data issues. And like a lot of our community sure. members use their personal email for the uh, community and then they'll go sign up for a chart hop demo with their work email. And that's like a really tough, tough challenge. Um, so we're working through some of that. And I think a lot of it's also still anecdotal at this stage mm. too of like, we get to see those stories and we we weave the narrative of like, here's the role that community played in this. And then, you know, it, it starts to come together. You see, like, um, for example, I, I'm thinking of a story of we had uh, an actual customer of ours that was in the community and they had like some experience that wasn't great in their like onboarding process with the chart hop platform. But like it came on and talked about like, oh, we love your brand and everything you're doing. And it, you know, it created this kind of like good vibes layer. And so like <laughs> you get those sorts of stories and put them together. And I think you start to see the whole business starts to see the value of like having this community in, in a more like storytelling way as well. So we're balancing that. And, you know, I think the dream would always to be, be to have like a perfect attribution thing where we could, you know, say, show the community influence of the pipeline. And we, we talk about, you know, how to design that a little bit better each time. And I'm working with the growth team here to like in, inside of our, you know, tracking to see if we can get that number a little bit better or, or like get that defined a little bit more. But yeah, that's kind of what we look at from a, a data standpoint. Nice. Thank you. Yeah. It, it makes me think oh, of, of so many things, but one of them is that we are very risk averse in L&D because, you know, you, um, you thought of it, you knew that the community might influence marketing. You didn't know exactly how, but you still started doing it, which is, you know, when it comes to L&D, we always think first, oh my God, how is this going to influence performance? And we overthink it and we ended up either overdoing it or not doing it instead mm -hmm. of starting with these small chunks and yeah just over time figure out attribution which which for us would be either you know engagement in different programs that we have that are in batches let's say or um, performance metrics so that's a, a very interesting lesson learned but I wanted I want to go back to you know uh, looking back at that um, member life cycle of the community, I wanted to ask about engagement and about what you're actually doing for, for the community and how you're looking at, you know, keeping people in and um, yeah, helping them get value out of it. Yeah, this is the most fun challenge that I have, which is like how I in, in one of our kind of like, uh, I'd say like core values in the community is like, to have people spend as little time as possible with our different, you know, community spaces and get the most value out of it. So like, I think uh, the traditional, like, and the bar is really low in, in the content space generally, like people are used to jumping on an hour long webinar and like having one takeaway from it. And so like, we think about that ratio of how many takeaways that people can take to their job versus the time they spent, you know, doing things. And that's like a really fun challenge for me. 
And I'm always thinking about like the little design things of like, how can we bring this, you know, how do we like make sure things stay re like relevant for this person? So like making sure like that vetting process of like, are we bringing the right people into the community? Are we giving them a space that are like the relevant peers to them? How are we designing the notifications that go into, you know, their email? Like we want to push, like make sure they get relevant stuff into their email, but at the same time, we don't want to like bombard them with notifications. It's like a very, very fine line there because mm -hmm. we don't expect them to like proactively jump into our community space and say like, hey, what's new today? So these are like the fun little like content challenges that I think about every day and in, in designing the process. And ultimately the goal is to just like have every, you know, moment that somebody engages with the community be something special and have an actual takeaway. And they're not just like wasting time, like, you know, scrolling through trying to find something or like, you know, getting matched with people that aren't relevant to them. Mm -hmm. and, and so that's sort of, yeah, some of the some of the challenges I think about and usually just use feedback to uh, in those conversations I have with people to, to get a sense of like how that's going and then looking at those engagement metrics too. Yeah, I, I was actually about to ask about your experimentation process because I, I hear a lot about, you know, experimenting and I was wondering if you have like, you know, some steps that you that you follow to to do it like more structured than than yeah what we've heard <laughs> just yeah. jumping and trying things out um all, all the time <laughs> I, I, i'd like to think it's probably somewhere in the middle of that like in my mind you know we've got i would say it's pretty similar to like uh, how a product team would structure um structure things so, like i get feedback i have like a basically similar to something like a product board that i like pull feedback notes in it's like my own like to do list list uh, I get these different things filled out. I'd say there's still a better job I could do in like the prioritization structure. Sometimes it's just like, okay, you know, I've got a Friday afternoon. What's one of the things that's been like nagging me for forever to like uh, make an adjustment on? And and I do that. So it's not it's not perfect from a product standpoint, but generally it's like pulling those pieces of feedback together. There's always 10 million things I want to do at any given moment that I just can't do. And so I think there is a nice like sit on them for a bit and then like really start to feel which ones are the pain points that need to be solved and which ones are like, well, it'd be nice to do this, but like there's some more pressing things. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Again, very nice bridge, uh, community product, all of that. I, I really like, and also just nurturing this product mindset. I think it opens up quite a lot of what you can do and the ways you can go about building stuff. When we talk about building stuff, I have a last kind of question to close mm -hmm. this uh, wonderful session. Um, so if we would give you a little case study, let, let's imagine, which probably tomorrow is someone's task at the moment as in some organizations, is to build up, let's say, community for your people managers. Because mm -hmm. we want to kind of target, we want to build, you know, community around people who actually lead other people. And I would just kind of, my question to you, if you were given this task, hey, Alex, build us a PM community, where would you start? How would you go about it? Yeah, I mean, I think I would start by just having a lot of conversations with the managers themselves to understand what is needed first. So like, I, I think, you know, drop all of the like, I like, I want to build this and go mm -hmm. have a conversation about like, not what what would happen if I you know, like, hey, I have this idea, would you use this? But like, go 
understand the problem you're trying to solve with this the concept of building a people manager community uh, and really test out those assumptions with like conversations with all of the people managers and then you know drop assumptions about what you're gonna build and start to build off of just like okay like where like where are they feeling like they need support and is there like what are the creative ways we can do to like match the support they need and maybe it's a you know community platform or space or maybe it's something like totally different but just like yeah dropping those assumptions and using those conversations as a way to drive whatever the the thing you're building and, and solve the problems for uh for them and for the company very nice very nice but where did you see that the community actually solved the challenges mostly is it the knowledge sharing or just people you know i belong somewhere this came yeah. to my mind well i think it's it was um building around things that didn't exist elsewhere. So there's a lot of people ops communities mm -hmm. out there. And like, for example, like Lattice has a really good resources for human Slack group, mm -hmm. 20,000 people in it. We were not going to go out there and build that exact same thing because people already had a space to just like go find a ton of conversations and threads and information there. And so like what where we saw the opportunity is, you know, it was in those conversations or very early days of gathering those conversations with people were like, I, you know, I was talking to maybe like a, a single head of people at a 150 person company who like, uh, maybe they just started that job a year ago and like, they still didn't have any people exactly sitting like who had that same role as them. It's like a really unique role. And like, I was like, oh, shoot, you don't have other peers. Let me connect you. And right, like, that's how that that piece came together was like having those conversations and realizing there was a gap in like, you're matching with somebody in your exact same type of role and not just like a generic HR thing. Same thing with the the newsletter. And I think, you know, a lot, there's a ton of newsletters out there and a lot of like HR tech, you know, sending here are our blog posts for this week and realizing like people didn't want those newsletters and like that, that wasn't how they wanted to engage. And like they wanted to learn stuff, but they had like less than five minutes to do it. And so like we pulled the content into the newsletter itself and made it under a five minute read of just like, here's the pulse of one thing, you can get a quick takeaway from it in five minutes. And it's, it was just rec it was like, thinking about what people said they needed and like what they weren't getting from other uh, spaces and, and uh, yeah. community, like newsletters, platforms, those sorts of things. Yeah, very nice. So people go out there, talk to people and listen carefully what they complain mm -hmm. about. Yeah, very yeah. nice. <laughs> my, and my favorite, uh, I don't know if you're familiar at all, just kind of from a, a product mindset, uh, love the the book, The Mom Test. I think that's like <laughs> yeah. always, I come back to it and it's just like such a great way to make sure it's so easy to like say, you know, I want to build this thing and start asking leading questions when you start interviewing your users. Yeah. And like, it's such a good way to like reset yourself and make sure, making sure you're not going down that path. So I always uh, always recommend that when you're taking a like product approach to anything or in just starting out with user interviews. Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, I um, read the book, recommended it as much as possible. It's it's definitely <laughs> great. And Alex, actually, uh, we want to start asking this question to all our guests. Uh, so uh, as you already know, our audience is primarily learning and development professionals working internally or as consultants and freelancers. I was wondering if you would have like one advice from your practice to give to them, which would that be? Hmm. I mean, I think this just goes across the the threads of what we've been talking about. I think so many roles are actually 
product roles and just mm -hmm. like putting that like just applying so many of those principles is just like a really effective thing and we talk about this with like i mean i work like <laughs> you're working with lnd folks i work more with like people ops folks who are mm -hmm. building programs so like very similar thing and we talk so much about just like putting on this like product mindset and making sure um that you're building things out in that way doing the iterative process being you know happy launching something that's like half-baked to get it out the door to test it out to test your assumptions and and then keep building from from there so i just love that mindset i think it applies to community building marketing lnd people ops <laughs> like it, it really helps you be effective i think in uh in building things out that are going to be lasting and, and provide really great value Thank you, Alex. Yeah, definitely heard a lot of like not only community building, but other disciplines in our conversations to, conversation today. So thank you so much for, for being with us and taking the time. And yeah, we can't wait to get these lessons uh, out there to, to everyone else. Well, thank, thank you, you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me on. This was fun. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Hope you learned as much as we did and that you took this as a gentle nudge to reflect on which of Alex's practices you can adopt in your work as a learning and development professional. If you're looking for more resources, go ahead and subscribe to our newsletter or join us in the Offbeat Fellowship. Create a happy day and never stop learning.